are listening to the Discover Church and our At The Movie series. Due to copyright restrictions, you will only be listening to the sermon. We can't wait to see you next week at our new location, 406 South Bedford Street and Georgetown. Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, whoa, there we go. I can see now. I hope uh, that as you came in, you enjoyed the smell of popcorn and all that other good stuff that's happening here. And I just want to say thank you so very much for being here for our very, very first service here of our new facility here for Discover Church. And I want to say, if this is your first time, maybe you've seen us on Facebook uh, and you just, uh, or maybe you drove by, uh, we actually have a couple that started attending, is going to become part of the Go team here, uh, that uh, found us because there's a UPS drop box outside. And so maybe that was you. Maybe you're just that random couple that just happened to stumble across us and be here today. We just want to say thank you so much for being here. Uh, my name is Curtis Jones. I, with my wife, Amy, and our incredible group of Go Team members, we welcome you to Discover Church. When you came in today, you got a worship guide. On the inside of that, you're going to find out a lot of stuff about Discover Church, and there's a connection card in there. If you've never taken the time to fill that out, uh, we'd love for you to do that at some point today, and you can put that in the offering, which will be at the end of service. And don't forget, before you leave today, if it's your first time, we have a gift that we want to give to you just for being with us today. We just want to say thanks so much. And how many of you uh, have seen the movie Groundhog's Day? All right. Okay, good. Most of you have. All right. If you haven't seen it, don't worry. It's okay. I'll, I'll tell you all about it here in, in just a second. But before I jump into the message, I just want to say from the bottom of my heart and from me and from Amy, I just want to say thank you so very much to all the people that have worked so hard to get us to this place today. Uh, some of it's physical. Some of it was spiritual. We had people praying for us and standing with us. I want you to know, church, that you had people all over the place praying. We've got churches in Florida praying for us. we got churches in Michigan. Michigan praying for us. We got churches, we got we got people that we're connected with all over with that are cheering and, and are just here with us, rallying with us today uh, as we get ready to launch the new chapter here of Discover Church. So would you do me a favor? Would you just give a big clap for all the people that have worked so hard to get us into this place? I was originally going to start like actually throwing names out, but the problem is, is then I wouldn't have any time to preach because I would literally have that, the list is that long because we've had so many people that have stood with us uh, and to do that. So thank you so very much for that. But uh, today uh, we kick off what is probably my personal favorite series of the year, and that is At The Movies. And the reason that I love At The Movies is because I'm a movie buff, okay? I I love going to the movies, all right? Uh, I, I was one of those people, um, I, I don't even remember the name of it because it's we've, it went belly up a little bit, but there was a company that came out not that long ago that was, you could buy a subscription and you could go to the movies every single day and see any movie, and me and Amy did that, and we were probably part of the reason they went bankrupt, okay, because I love going to the movies, all right? And so uh, today, uh, for At The Movies, we're going to have Groundhog's Day, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I highly want to encourage you to check it out because it is a wonderful, wonderful movie, and I love Bill Murray, and how could you not love Bill Murray? He's just, you know, he's just one of those guys. He's one of those characters you have to love. But basically, if you haven't seen the movie, here's the premise. Uh, it's February 2nd, and uh, Phil, which is Bill Murray, he wakes up, and he goes through his life, and then he lays down to go to sleep that night, and when he wakes up, guess what? It's still February 2nd. And in fact, it's February 2nd over and over 
and over and over, and it just keeps on going, it keeps on going. And in one of some of my research and preparing for today's message, I kind of love to kind of like geek out, nerd out a little bit about some of the films that we're doing. So as I was looking into it, uh, I was finding some information about how, uh, how many times he possibly could have lived February 2nd over. And I know that this is, seems a little bit crazy, but the, the least amount of times that he could have lived February 2nd over in the, in the movie is 33 days. Okay, could you imagine 33 days waking up? All right, but that's really probably not accurate. In order to become as good as he is in the movie at all the different things that he does and to know the timing of everybody else's lives around him, uh, most calculations actually put that he lived his life February 2nd, more than 4,576 days. And in case you're wondering, that's around 12 years, 6 months, and 11 days of getting up, and it's always February 2nd. Now that would be cool if you like living in a cold place and you want snow on the ground. I don't want that, okay? So if I'm reliving a day, I want it to be sunny and tropical, okay? Uh, but, uh, but if you want your snow, you can keep that. But so that's the kind of uh, uh, thought behind um, what it is for Phil at, as he was getting ready. And, and he, as first, you know, he's kind of going through this, this uh, in and out of the same single thing over and over and over again. And basically, Phil has to try to kind of navigate through all this time. He has to try to figure out how exactly to break the loop. And basically, as you can imagine, if it took you 12 years to figure this out, he's probably going to give up at certain points in time, which he does throughout the movie, which we'll talk about today. But I want to let you know, if you have your Bibles with you, uh, you can open them. Uh, we're going to flip around a little teeny bit, but we're going to start uh, in Psalms, then head to Isaiah. Now, if you don't have your Bible, don't freak out. Uh, we here at Discover Church, we realize it's 2019, so we encourage you, if you have a smartphone, you can download the Uversion app, and actually, uh, Elijah, do we have the Wi-Fi password? Uh, we've moved from Sussex Central High School, which the auditorium was a dead zone for cell, cell phone service, okay, and we've moved to Georgetown, which we're not too far from the airport, which is also a dead zone for cell phone service, okay? So we'll leave this up here for a few seconds. If you want to save this, this will change at some point, but this is just the one that we have for right now, temporary, but you can log on to the Wi-Fi, and then that way you can make sure that you can check in if you're doing the check-in challenge, but you can also get your version Bible app open, and you can follow along with us as well. So if you have your Bible with you, we're going to be in Psalm. We're going to be starting out here at just one simple verse, and this is a verse, if you've been in church a while, you know we made this verse into a song, because that's what we do sometimes, and it is this Psalm 118 verse 24 says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. If Miss Priscilla was on the key, stop. Like, this is the day. Oh, yeah, you, you remember that? That was the jam back in the day, okay? Uh, that we, we made the song out to this. But it says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Now, how many of you, full disclosure, wake up every day even on Mondays, uh, now tomorrow you're going to do this because many of you have off tomorrow, so you're going to be excited about that. But how many of you uh, wake up every single day and you're like, yeah, baby, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. Yeah. That's what I figured. 
Let me tell you, you don't want to come around my house in the morning because I am not what you would call the morning person, okay? Amy's pretty much the morning person. Uh, the biggest thing, though, for Amy to become the morning person is you have to walk out to the coffee maker and turn it on, okay? If you don't do that, things get a little tense, okay? It gets a little bit sketchy around the Jones house. But I am not not a morning person, and my son is also not very much a morning person, and uh, so, so he kind of takes after me in that, that aspect, that respect. But it's, it's easy, right, to read a scripture like Psalm 118, 24, and realize that, you know, we're supposed to be excited, we're supposed to have joy in what's happening day to day, but at the same time, when life happens, when real life happens, then guess what? It's not always that easy, is it? It's not always that easy to really uh, to, 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 to be excited and joyful all the time. Uh, I had an incident on Friday where um, if I, you see me um, like a mannequin with this hand because it doesn't move real well, that's because I sliced it open pretty good on Friday here doing some work. And let me tell you, I wasn't feeling very rejoiceful. All right? it, it's, it's one of those things where you have things that happen in our lives right, that make us so we don't feel excited and wanting to rejoice. But at the same time, it's... It's what Scripture commands us to do, right? It's what we're supposed to do. So how do we do that? We're going to kind of take a look at that today, and we're going to use the movie Groundhog's Day to kind of take a look and as we can kind of have some reflection moments through that. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about as I was preparing for this is, isn't it amazing how much of tomorrow's how we feel depends so much on how we make out today. Isn't that amazing? So that ever notice how like a, a, a bad day or a bad moment can turn into a bad day and, and then a bad day can turn into a bad week and then you feel like a bad week can turn into a bad month and then if it goes on real long, a bad month turns into a bad year. Like it just kind of draws out, right? It's sometimes it's hard for us to hit the reset and for us to kind of clear out of some of that stuff. You know, we wake up uh, every day and you're bored with what's going on in your life because you wake up in the same old house, you know, with the same old car. Uh, you go to the same old job and you wake up to the same old wife every Now, I didn't, I didn't mean you, sweetheart. I promise you, I didn't mean you. That was for everybody else's same old wife. My wife is amazing, okay? That was my wife is, 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 is amazing, all right? See, she, she's been she's been doctoring me up this week with the uh, with the bandage, so I, I can't make sure I I don't want to make her think I'm thinking of her there. But uh, you know, it's it's easy to get stuck in this cycle. You know, it's so easy for us to to live in and out of the same thing. But it says this in Isaiah chapter forty three, Isaiah forty three verse eighteen says that we are to forget the former things. So in other words, the things that we had thought of, we to forget the former things and don't dwell on the past. So it's, see, I am doing a new thing. If you really read Scripture, if you take the opportunity to kind of look through and you read through the Bible, what you're going to find is that you're going to find a resounding theme, is that even when stuff is going bad for people in Scripture, even when stuff is going bad, that guess what? God is knocking on the door trying to tell us that guess what? Hey, you know, listen, I need you to understand that your current situation is not where you're always going to be. Yes, you might be there for this moment, but that's not where you're going to stay if you listen to me. So how then do we take the opportunity to kind of get unstuck and get out of our rut? You know, uh, we could take a little bit of example here from Phil. And uh, here we got clip two. Uh, go ahead, play that. 
some uh, sometimes we look at that, right? And of course, we know that this movie, as as crazy as it is, you know, to have the same guy reliving over and over and over again the same thing. But how many of us have seen this in our lives or in the lives of people that are around us, right? Maybe this has happened in your family, where people basically, they live the same thing day in and day out. And because they find boredom in what they do, they feel that there's so much repetitive nature that they don't find joy in. So what do we do? We try to turn to a life of no consequences, right? Except the fact of the matter is, is we don't live in a life where there is no consequences. There's always consequences. So, so no matter what we do, you know, it, we, we, we tend to try to reach outside the bounds to, to add, you know, happiness or excitement or, or some, some sort of thrill to our lives. That's what you find Phil doing here. Basically, Phil's realized that, hey, if every single day is the same thing, then I can just do whatever in the world I want to do. And, and, and so, therefore, it doesn't make any difference how crazy I act or how I live or the things that I get into or, or the, the issues that, that I deal with every single day. That You know what? It doesn't make any difference because he thinks there's no consequences. But I think somewhere along the life, we, Phil realizes that, you know, he has to do things different because, again, I think Phil ultimately wants to break the cycle. He wants to get out of the loop. He, he wants to do that. He just isn't sure how to do it. So one of the things I think he kind of has to realize is it, as, at a certain moment in the movie there, he basically starts to have a little bit more of these epiphanies. Like maybe, maybe what I'm going through, maybe the things that I'm dealing with, I actually need to make some adjustments to my life so that I can actually fi- figure out what the real key is here, what the goal is. It, what am I supposed to do? And so he basically t- spends time as he goes through, and he literally learns the life of everyone around him. Everyone around him. He goes through and he learns the life about everybody and where they're from and what they did. And he goes through and he learns basically about this whole town. He knows everybody in this whole town. He knows the backgrounds and the stories. He knows everything about it. And he starts to realize that his adjustments basically have to be in the people around him. He's got to figure out a way. He, he says, there's got to be a way for me to get out of this through these other people around me. So here's the question I have for you today. You know, when you get in these ruts, and I promise you, you get in these ruts, okay? I get in these ruts. Uh, listen, it, and it's okay, this happens, this is part of life. But when we get in these ruts, how do we make the adjustments in our lives, you know? Or I guess the question is, do we allow God to be part of the adjustments that are happening in our life? See, do you try to do it or do you allow God to have a part in it? Because many times we think that the way we are, that we can fix our own problems, right? right? We're going to fix it because we know how to, because we know best. But the fact of the matter is, is that God literally stands there again. He stands there knocking, saying, listen, please, I'm, I'm, I'm begging you. I am, I am right here. Will you please just allow me to come in? And sometimes what happens is, is we think basically that we've messed up too, we've, we've gone too far. Maybe you have people, again, maybe this, you say, well, I, I don't really know that I've dealt with this, but maybe you have somebody in your workplace, or maybe you have somebody in your family or in your community, maybe one of your neighbors is dealing with this, and you get to speak life into this into the situation, this is where God's redemption power comes in because sometimes we think that we've screwed up too much or that we've gone down a path too far that we can't come out of. And God's with the redemption through Jesus Christ is standing there saying, listen, no, that's, that is not it. You know, 
What is redemption? Maybe maybe it's not a word you use very often, but what is redemption? Redemption is this. It's the act of saving or being saved from something, from sin, from an error, from evil. It's an action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for a payment. In other words, basically what redemption is, is it allows you to get to a spot that you couldn't have got to without some sort of trade or some sort of action that happened to get you there. You're redeemed for it. it and, and what we find is that God has all of this in Scripture. He, he constantly, constantly is trying to gain our attention. And, you know, we recognize that in the world we live in that that. The redemption story is not one that we find very easy. And, and if you don't believe me, look around in the storylines of any newspaper. Anytime someone messes up nowadays, they're basically blacklisted. I don't know if you've noticed that. And Now listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you who's good and who's bad because that's not my spot. But listen, the world doesn't really see much of redemption, do they? It's not, it's not there. It's not there. It's basically you've screwed up once and that for, therefore that means that you've messed up for forever. But one of the things that I love about Scripture, one of the things I love about God and the God we serve, is that he says, listen, you might have messed up once. You might have messed up a hundred times. You might have messed up every single day since the day, you know, you realize this. But guess what? There is still redemption through what I have to say. And it says this in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 28, 13 says this, a man who refuses to admit his mistakes can never be successful. A man who admit his mistakes can never be successful. But if he confesses, then what does he do? He'll get another chance. He'll get another chance. Phil, for a while, struggled to admit that he had a problem. And that the problem was actually him. It was his behavior. It was the things that he learned from growing up. It was just how he acted and how he treated people. It was the whole part of his life. He, he, he didn't really want to recognize that he was the problem. Some of us sometimes, we have that issue. We, we, we don't realize sometimes that, that we're the problem. Listen, if, if you're always finding an issue paying a certain bill on time, it's not the fact that you bought that thing and you have the bill for it, is it? No, no, no. It's your problem because you're not paying it. If you've been married 37 times, right, you don't always get to blame the other person. It might not be them, Okay? 37 times. I just made that up. I, I, it might not be them. Though. Sometimes we have to look at ourselves and say, guess what? They might not be the issue. It could be me. And if that's okay, if you come to that realization, guess what? That's okay. Because guess what? There's been a lot of times in my life I've been the problem, okay? I've been the problem. It was me. It was nobody else around me. And it's, sometimes it's hard for us to see that. Phil gets to see that because it's repetitive over and over and over again. And uh, it says this in uh, Hosea 6.6. 6. Hosea 6.6 6, 6, uh, says, I don't want your sacrifices. It says, not without your love. And I don't want your offerings. What does God say he wants? He wants you. He wants you. He doesn't want the sacrifice. He doesn't want the offerings. He doesn't want as much as you work and you try and you toil because it's not about what you can do. It's about who you are. And that's really what it's all about. But how do you make adjustments? Phil struggled a little bit. Here, I got another clip to show you about some of the ways he struggles. Are you ready for the next one? 
And, and there, we could literally play that six times, and I would laugh every single time at it because it cracks me up. Listen, some of you have Neds in your life, all right? And sometimes you want to knock Ned out, don't you? I get it. Sometimes we have this moment. Like, Phil had to run into Ned every day for 12 years. Could you imagine having to run into Ned every day for 12 years? Needle-nosed Ned, you know, Ned the head for 12 years straight. You had to go through that every single day. I'd love to see how many times he didn't hit him in the head. Uh, because it, the fact of the matter is, is there's moments in our lives when we feel that we can't do it. And, and basically, we realize that people frustrate us. And to the people that frustrate us, we, we find issues in them, and we find issues with everybody. And, we, and then it, the basically we become unhappy about the frustration that we have with other people. And, and some, sometimes we, again, have to realize that, guess what? People aren't the issue. Ned wasn't really the issue, was he? Now, Ned was just a guy. He loved life every single day. He woke up the same way. He loved everything he did. But the fact of the matter is, is that it was still in, it was in Phil. It was in Bill Murray. Bill Murray was really the one that had to struggle with the reaction he had to Ned. He, he was the one that had to say, listen, I need to give some people some grace. And some people need a lot of grace, don't they? Some people need more grace than others. Sweetheart, I know I need more grace than others sometimes. I do. So some people need that because guess what? They need it, and we need to give it to them. And if you don't know why that you need to extend grace to other people, you know why? Just think about how many times grace has been extended to you. How many times? How many times could your, your mom have just whooped you up and down a hallway but she extended grace to you. How many times, how many times did, did, did you have to get grace at work or, or in some form of a job that you did because you didn't perform a task right or you didn't do it right and you weren't fired? How many times were you extended grace uh, because of something that happened in your neighborhood, in your community, and people were like, oh, it's okay. No, how many times was grace extended to you, but sometimes we don't want to extend it to other people? We find what it all comes down to it, though, that Phil finally, thankfully, he starts to figure it out. And he starts to figure out that he has to basically perform some errands every day that he starts to do before he ends up breaking the cycle here. Here's some of his errands that he came to. We find here, remember, that Phil has taken the opportunity to learn about the lives of everyone around him. And in fact, he's learned about the people around him so much that he has come to anticipate the needs that they have. And believe it or not, there, there's a scripture for this. It says Philippians this, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore, if any of you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, so if we're united with Christ, we should have encouragement. If any comfort from his love, and if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, if we have tenderness and compassion one for another, it says, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Who are we being like-minded with, by the way? Jesus. That's who we're being like-minded with. We're taking the opportunity to, to complete the joy by being like-minded, having the same love, and it says being in spirit and of one mind. Not two minds, not three minds, but guess what? One mind in Christ and it says that do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This is where we find Phil starting in the story. In, in the start of the story, it's all about Phil. 
He's the famous weatherman. He, he's going to come in. He's going to tell you all about it. And he just hates the fact that he has to do this little little gig here where he's at the Groundhog's Day, the Groundhog's Day deal. He, 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 he doesn't like that. His selfish ambition and vain conceits there, but he, he learns. And it says this, but rather in humility to value one another above yourself. This is something that you see through Phil's errands. Did you, did you catch what he said when he caught the boy? He says, you've never thanked me, never once. You know what that means? That means he's done this every, he, he's done this more than once. This is like a repetitive thing for him. Every day he goes out there, he saves this little boy, and he never gets thanked for it. He, he goes out there for the ladies. What's he do? It's okay. I had the tire and I had the jack. You know what I mean? He, he just, he learned it and he, he understood the value in, in the humanity for, for, for the other person, for the people around him. It says, rather in humility to value others above yourselves and not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. I want to invite the uh, worship team to come on up, if you would. I, I think we're all people, we're all people of hope, right? We, we, we want to have hope in who we are and what's going on in life. We, we all want the future. We all want to have that future hope that it's going to get better, right? Isn't that what we all have? Every day, you, you want tomorrow to be better. And if you didn't want that, well, then you probably would stop going to work, right? You want tomorrow to be better than today. You want to plan for the future. But some of us, sometimes we get stuck and we don't actually enjoy the road that God is taking us on because of, guess what? Our own self. Our own self kind of gets in the way. But listen, when we operate under the grace and the mercy, when we experience the redemption of Jesus Christ and we get to help pass that on to other people, it does something amazing. I want to ask, would you do this with me? Would you just kind of close your eyes? I just want to ask, as we get ready to close out today, I want to pray a prayer, and then I'm going to probably ask you to pray this with me. But I want to just say, Heavenly Father, Lord, I know that there are people here today that, that they feel like they're stuck in a rut, Father God. They feel like every single day is the same old, same old. I pray, Father God, that you would help each and every one of us today to realize, to see clearly how grace can change everything. How when we experience the redemption of Jesus Christ and we experience his love, that it changes our day, that we can truly have good days we can have good days even in the bad father lord help us to know that you're leading us to change as individuals father god you're leading us to change as families father and we don't have to do this on our own but lord that you are there and lord even if people have tried to put god to the side they've tried to put you to the side they've tried to put you in a box and try to control how much involvement they want their life to be with you, Father God. Lord, I pray right now that your spirit would speak to hearts and minds, Father. Today, I want to let you know that if you are here and you, you, you've never experienced God's grace, if you don't know what the redeeming power of Jesus is, I want you to know you don't have to walk out of this place without experiencing that. I want to give you the opportunity to join me and the people on the stage and many of the people around you. I want you to join us on this journey. 
I want to ask, would you stand with me as we get ready to close? As you're standing with me, I want to ask if everyone would do this for me. Would you, would you pray this prayer with me? Would you say, Heavenly Father, I believe I'm a sinner. And I am in need of a Savior. And Lord, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. And that He is the Son of God. And He died for my sins. And that he rose three days later to give me life, to bring me joy. Lord, I trust in you as my Savior. And I call upon you to live life with me so that I can experience your grace continually I just want to let you know if you've prayed that prayer today if you've met that then guess what we rejoice with you there are people there are angels in heaven that are rejoicing with you today and I want to let you know that today if you do not have a church home we want to let you know we didn't put a a, a banner out in the in the foyer as you come in it says welcome home that wasn't on accident I want to let you know that you can have a home here and you can have a place here. And that when you fall, it's okay. When you mess up, it's okay. Because guess what? We want to be here with you to help pick you up. We want to do life with you. Because guess what? Sometimes I might mess up. Sometimes Frank might mess up. We need one another to stand with, to lift each other up, to encourage one another. God did not design you and I to do this by ourselves. He did not design you just to live in a little uh, your little house on your little street and be secluded from the world, but he made us social creatures. So I want to let you know that if you don't have a home, we want to welcome you home to Discover Church today. And as we get ready to close today, we just want to ask, would you continue to worship as we sing this last song together?